When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. This is Joseph Willard-Haar reporting in from Baku, Azerbaijan, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. And today, introduced not only by our illustrious list of famous and uh, noted tennis players, but also by Joseph Willard Ha, one of our Kickstarter backers, uh, an American based in Singapore, currently in Baku, Azerbaijan, who reckons he has listened to this tennis podcast from four different continents and 20 different countries, which is probably more than we have even recorded the podcast in, David Law, which is pretty impressive. If you, listener, think you can rival that do let us know on social media at Tennis Podcast. But I reckon that is uh, is a contender, yeah, that, if not a winner. That's that's a good number. We're good, good work, Joseph. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I'm I'm highly impressed. Um, I'm, I'm also highly impressed by the fact that um, Joseph has said in his PS to to his note to us one final thing. I love all the Twitter pole vaults, David. Sure thing, Joseph. Sure thing. Good man, Joseph. <laughs> Indeed. Good man, Joseph, for backing the Kickstarter, if nothing else. And thank you very much for your introduction to the show. Uh, David and I are in separate climbs this week. I uh, safely ensconced in Putney. And David, is it raining? Uh, it is absolutely tipping it down, David. Yeah, oh, as if to emphasise the point that I'm not in Indian Wells, uh, the universe has sent me a bucket load of rain, it's which glorious, is delightful. Yeah. Although lovely. Indian Wells has been experiencing a little spot of weather much to my dad's absolute delight of course I every year when Indian Wells comes around I recount the story of their my parents fateful trip there in 2006 I think when it uh, rained the whole time and they had to spend a whole day looking um, for thick pairs of socks to to wear um, which is not exactly what was advertised when they booked their trip to Indian Wells and it doesn't seem to have rained since except for um, on Roger Federer a couple of nights ago his parade was very much rained on. It, it was. He's still, still on the match, obviously, uh, <laughs> obviously. against uh, Del Bonis. But yeah, it, it rained a bit. And uh, and it did actually put 
you know, quite a, a few extra matches yesterday into the schedule um, to, so that you ha- ended up having one of those bumper days. Um, but yeah, Jeff Tarango was on Five Live Sports Extra in commentary saying that people from California don't own umbrellas. They they don't actually know what they are. I don't believe that because an umbrella is dual use because it can also be used to, to shield you from the sun. And you can also pop them in your drink, can't you? If you want to be a, you know, drinker of a sort of posh cocktail. On that note, <laughs> uh, Serena Williams, um, we've mentioned Federer, but frankly, um, his uh, parade through the draw so far has been completely overshadowed um, by Serena Williams' return. Well, not only her return, but um, Victoria Azarenka's return as well. Um, it's all about the coming back after having babies um, storyline. Um, but obviously, particular focus on Serena Williams, who, as we speak, David, is still in the tournament, having notched up two straight sets of victory, firstly over Zarina Diaz and secondly over Kiki Burtons, who's a tough opponent. I know um, Clay would definitely be her favoured surface, but she is a, a tough opponent um, to come up against. And she performed well in that. But now, but now she faces her sister Venus in the third round, which is pretty amazing. I mean, that as a storyline in itself is amazing. The fact that it's the first time they'll have met at Indian Wells since they were scheduled to meet uh, on that fateful day back in 2001. Venus pulled out before the match. Serena went on uh, to play the final. Venus was in the crowd. They were booed, um, according to, to most people that were there that day. And certainly, according to Venus Williams, there was a, a, a nasty, nasty, racist edge to, to, to the reception of the Williams sisters that day. And they didn't play um, at Indian Wells for, for more than a decade um, uh, as a result, they obviously made their return a few years ago and very welcome too. But goodness me, there are a lot of storylines that accompany uh, that match tonight. Yeah, it's it's extraordinary, isn't it, the way these things align sometimes. 2001, that was. I mean, the first time they ever played each other was 1998 at the Australian Open, so more than 20 years ago. You know, we're, we're going to be talking about some of the bright young things making their way in the sport and, and making a real splash in Indian Wells. Some of the young uh, male and female players um, that have re- and, and actually particularly the women uh, uh, that have made such a, a splash over the last uh, few days. Players that, that that weren't even alive when Venus and Serena Williams were playing against each other for the first time. And here they are. And, I mean, they still look, I don't know whether you could say as good as ever because Venus Williams was a world number one and won Grand Slam titles. But, I mean, she reached, what was it, two or three finals last year. Um, t- certainly two two Grand Slam finals last year. That that tells you the level that they're still able to play at. I find it mind-boggling, really. Who's Not... the favourite, David? Who is the favourite oh, for that match? Oh, that's a good question. That Bear in a... mind, this will be most people listening to this will already know the results of this match, <laughs> well, the, the... <laughs> which raises the stakes of any prediction. Yeah, well, one I of think. the one of the services the tennis podcast provides <laughs> is the chance to laugh at us when we get it wrong. Uh, or Marvel, if we happen to but it's just not going to get you off the hook, David. Come on, stumble on and get one. I'm not right. saying who's going to win. Who is the favourite going into it? I think that's well, an. Oh, uh, I just don't know. Such a good question. I would say Venus Williams has to be the favourite based on the fact. Who's that Venus Williams beaten to 
get to the third round. She got by in the first round. Who did she beat in round number two? Yeah, thanks for putting me on the spot. I, I did actually... I, I'm looking it up as we speak. I'm I did sort follow of, that. I, I'm thinking aloud. But, uh, I know, but we, uh, listeners will be shocked to know we don't know every <laughs> result off the top of our heads. Well, you should Sometimes no, you should, You're a service to, sometimes to us. Sometimes we have to refer say. to a draw. Right. Um, yeah. I'm working on my photographic memory, though. Okay, obviously. well, keep working yeah. on it. Um, it's did, coming along. Did you know, Catherine, this might help you out while you just sort of fill in a few seconds to finding this. Did you know that it is International Napping Day today? Every day, David, is International Napping Day. In the Whittaker Every household. day. Yeah. There's never there's never a bad time for a nap. That no. is the motto Did, that I live by. She beats Serana Castella three and four. Right. Did you invent Napping Day or... Was it just? Did it? Did were there just other people that also feel similarly? Every right-thinking person feels similarly, David. I, do, right. I have to say, I don't, I don't really believe in International Napping Napping Day because you know, it's it, you shouldn't. Whether or not you have a nap should not be governed by you know, the date. Right. You feel like a nap, you. You go for it. I, I wish you, you all the it. best and I salute well, it's, you. It's a celebration of naps. Anyway, we're, we're, we're getting off the subject here. Serena and Venus Williams, first of all, I, I, I've been pretty impressed with Serena. More, actually, more impressed than I would have expected to be. When we spoke a week ago, I thought she would look a lot more erratic than she has. Mm. I, I, I spoke about the power she hits the ball with and how that can sometimes go awry you know if she's not on and you talked about what it's like when she played in the wind etc but what what struck me in the win she had against Serena Diaz and then the one against Kiki Burtons and I and I, I saw quite a bit of the, the first match I felt she was pretty in control of herself I, I felt she she almost deliberately reined it in a little just just to be more consistent and the natural power helped to win the match anyway but she is playing at a at a high level already, and given the time out and the fact that she's had rather a lot more on on her mind and and physically to deal with over the last year than than everybody else uh, has had, I, I find that really impressive. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's sort of surprising, and then you feel silly for being surprised because it's Serena, don't you? But you're, you're torn between sort of the laws of, of physics and biology and the, the law of Serena, um, which is that, of course, she defies most um, received wisdom on, on what's pos- possible physically and mentally. And, and I, th- I think it's hard not to see her as the favourite against Venus. It's It's... It's hard, even though that defies form on paper. It defies logic, but I think I think Serena's probably going to edge it tonight. Really? There oh, you go. I don't. There you go. I'm going to look silly. I would pick Venus Williams to win it, would but you? I think she'll have. Well, that makes her, a lot really. more sense, frankly. Yes, but... of course it does. Um, uh... Victoria Azarenka has had a slightly less. A successful comeback. Obviously, not her first um, match or tournament since since having her baby Leo over a year ago. But it's been such a stuttering return for her. Her situation, her desperately sad and complicated custody uh, situation, remains, which which is that she is unable uh, to take her son Leo outside of of California while this custody battle with her her ex fiance. Um, 
continues. Uh, she is interestingly, obviously, um, Indian Wells is in California, so so that uh, eliminates the, that issue at this particular event. But she is scheduled to play Miami as well. Um, so presumably she's playing there um, without Leo. But she she has said in the past that she's very reluctant to travel um, without her son. She had a good first round victory, but came up short uh, against Sloane Stevens yesterday. She never lost to Sloane Stevens before. She'd beaten her in three consecutive Australian Opens. She said after the match that that obviously it, it's almost impossible for her as as much as she desperately wants to be able to focus on tennis it's almost impossible to be able to do so and that's just it's just such a, shame. a great win for Sloane Stevens, incidentally who's in desperate need of great wins but it's a real shame for Azarenka and Serena not to be experiencing the same sort of trajectory of of comeback really because I think Azarenka is probably capable of of similar um but is just being held held back by this sort of most cruel and, and unpleasant of, of situations yeah and she, she really gave some insight in the post-match interview after losing that one to Sloane Stevens about how how she's feeling and what she's been going through and 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 the frustration and the upset that, that it has caused her is clearly significant. She said, I mean, her words were, I, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Um, she's, she's obviously going through turmoil, really, trying to work out the way forward because it just seems so complicated and uh, and so much to unpick. And she she basically is 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 having to stay there uh, or, or her, her alternative is to, to go off and leave her son and... and I, well, I quite understand why she doesn't want to do that, and yeah, I hope it gets resolved. It's a, it's it's a real shame, um, but again, her, her level in her first round match, I think, was against Heather Watson. She won that, but it was it was interesting that that she was erratic yesterday against Sloane Stevens, and and Stevens actually. On the flip side, we've talked a bit about her and, and how disappointing her results have been since winning that US Open. I mean, appalling, quite honestly, since then. But she just seems now to be finding a little bit of rhythm herself. Yeah, incidentally, David, um, Indian Wells, on the night of uh, Azarenka and Serena Williams' comebacks, they scheduled their night session for for two women's matches, uh, Azarenka and Serena Williams, very understandably so. I I wouldn't have been able to look past those two matches um, for, for the headliner, but I can't think of that having been done before. No. Amazingly. No, it's, it's um, But it really worked. It worked brilliantly. So maybe, maybe people will take notice. I'm sure people will write it off and think, oh, yeah, but, you know, exceptional circumstances. They're both of their first matches back. But it worked. It worked timing-wise. It worked, you know, headline-wise. You know, it was brilliant. Anyway. I, I, what I was pleased, though, Catherine, and I, I would imagine you would share this view, is that in the week that, that featured International Women's Day, the... The number of players that were were speaking out um, pretty forcibly for on, on the on the men on the women's side to to say things need to change and we need to be given more um, space in the schedules and and, and and equal billing. Quite honestly, it's it's a Absolutely. conversation that you and I have had many times before. But um, Serena did her own interview with, with Russell Fuller in, in which she which she spoke all, about all various situations. I, I think I think we touched on it a week ago. But you know, just I, I'm just encouraged that that some of the 
diplomacy bordering on cautiousness, bordering on fear of saying anything about so many situations, in this instance, has 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 not occurred. There has been a standing up and 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 being there to be counted. Yeah, it does it does feel like slowly grinding wheels are moving in in the right direction. I still think it's a shame that that there are so few male voices not that I mean it's a it's a shame that male voices I think probably will be required to to really click that change into gear um but but sadly I I think a few male voices being added to that chorus would make an immense difference um as things stand at the moment so I think it's a shame that that's not happening but maybe we're on our way to that I'm sure if Andy Murray were around um he'd be saying it he's the sort of go-to um for a bit of um he for she isn't he but um yeah it's it's certainly movement in the right direction um incidentally we're going to talk about the the charge of the youngsters david these disgustingly young people that are disgustingly good at tennis um amanda animasova cites billy jean king as her tennis hero i love that I absolutely love that. She's 16 years old, you know. Billie Jean King must seem absolutely ancient to her. She's not just the previous generation. She's about 4,000 generations ago. This is somebody that that wasn't born when Roger Federer started, uh, when Roger, she was born, hang on a second, where are we? So 2002, she was born. 2001, Um, 16 years of age. Okay, yeah. so she wasn't quite born when Goran Ivanovic won Wimbledon. She, um, no, she wasn't. That, that's what we're talking about here. So for her to cite Billie Jean King as her tennis hero, I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Um, so we will talk about those youngsters shortly, but it, just a, a few a few more oldies <laughs> to touch upon. Um, and sorry, Novak Djokovic, for, for, for popping you in that category, but relative to people that were born in 2001... Um, it, he is, isn't he? And um, goodness me, what a, a strange match he played last night against um, American-born Japanese player Taro Daniel, 109 in the world. He took it to three sets, 6-1 in the third, though. Interesting, pretty distressing comments after after the match. Really paid tribute to, to Taro Daniel, who incidentally had, um, had beaten... Cam Norrie. Uh, Cam Norrie. That's I was going to say Kyle Edmund, but then I remembered that was Doody Seller. No, I'm getting my uh, Brit conquerors confused. They've beaten Cameron Norrie um, in the previous round, both of them having qualified. Um, and yeah, he said it, he paid tribute to Tyra Daniel, but said it felt like my first ever tennis match. Um, and he described it as really a really weird experience, not remotely what he was hoping for or expecting. They were... It was a very worrying performance, particularly that third set um, and worrying comments afterwards. It looked to me like um, watching Superman under the influence of kryptonite to me. It was he had all of all of his weapons are, are blunted because Djokovic's weapons aren't the, you know, the 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 booming forehand or the absolutely unreturnable serve his weapon is his consistency his staying power his mental strength um and that you know those are incredible weapons when they're at their best they are you know they are world dominating weapons but they are 
not there and it 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 he is so you know it's like watching Karlovich play without his serve you know it's 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 a tough watch yeah it it, it is i i feel maybe slightly less alarmed because i i, I didn't expect that much um at, at this stage he has he hasn't played much tennis at all for for months and months and months and um no but the 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 comments afterwards david he was alarmed wasn't he he was clearly alarmed about how that performance felt to him yeah well i, I think he was but but i think he i almost feel it's slightly naive to to be uh, to think that he for him to think that he's going to be able to slot back in and be like he used to be um he i but we don't necessarily think he was expecting that but whatever he was expecting the match and the performance against Daniel did not meet those expectations. I, I, I'm not sure he was expecting that, but I think he was expecting better than, than how, not necessarily the performance that, you know, he took it to three sets. There were moments where he, he showed the grit and he showed the staying power and all of that, but he wasn't able to maintain it. And he fell away so badly in that third set, whatever his expectations were, he didn't meet them. I mean, I'm not. Um, and that's I'm not what saying, alarmed I'm him. not saying there's no reason to be alarmed, but but I do feel that that it's entirely realistic to to be well short of of your levels of endurance and stamina when you haven't played for a long time. It takes a while to become match hardened to get used to those those nerves. Those. But he was less good than he was in Australia. Well, he so wasn't. What, what do you what not, do you do with not against what did Chung. you do with that? Not, not I know he's had Ch- surgery since then. I mean, I, I know I know against Chung, the the elbow was 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 a problem again, but he he kind of ran out of gas in that as well. Um, so I feel like he's got to he's just got to keep playing. He's got to keep playing. I mean, as long as the elbow holds up, to me, it is it's an incremental rebuilding process, most similar. To what Rafael Nadal went through um, maybe three years ago, when when he just had to try to win a lot of matches and get his confidence back and get that feeling back, those sort of players they don't just breeze back in and and start beating everybody and feeling no, great again. And as I say, I wasn't expecting that, but I, I wasn't expecting like Djokovic himself that kind of performance against the world number hundred nine. I agree with you; it will. Imp- it will it can only improve um with match matches but then you have this conundrum of to play matches you need to win matches you're in a you're in a a vicious circle situation aren't you um so i do, obviously he'll um he'll rock up to miami and 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 play there and and um i was going to say hope for a decent draw but you'd have to say that what he had in indian wells was a, a decent draw but it must f- feel very discombobulating for Novak Djokovic not to to feel he has that consistency to to rely on to to go into a match to stand at the baseline, and he used to stand on the baseline and know that he could outlast someone in a rally, know that he could just puff his chest up, stand up straight, look the guy in the eye, and say, "I." I can outlast you in this rally. I can hit one more forehand, one more backhand than you. And it must feel very precarious for him and strange to step up to a baseline not feeling confidence in that. Um, so, yeah, I agree he needs matches. But, yeah, he's in that he's in that 
catch-22 situation. The, the, the big difference is right now to, to what he would remember as well is, is the difference in the way the other players view him. They are mm. going onto the court without any fear, without any concern over his game. They believe that he is fragile and he is a bit fragile and their belief that he is fragile is making him more fragile it's it's it's, it's yeah it's like economics circles. isn't it the expectation of something happening is almost as 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 big a factor as something actually happening yeah. the, the anticipation of something and that happened with nadal you know and and until until he he gets a win and he gets a few in a row that just make him feel like he used to feel a bit then then he, then he can reverse that cycle but yeah it may take time because that, as you say, you, in the, particularly in this part of the year, if you lose a match now, you've got to wait two weeks until you have another one. Yeah, it's tough. It's really, really tough. Um, uh, Juan Martín del Pocho, we're being denied. That result means we are denied the prospect of a, a Djokovic-Del Pocho matchup, um, which on the basis of their two previous results might not have been the blockbuster that we thought because Del Potro is in some quite fearsome form. He, he beat one of the youngsters that we'll be talking about, Alex Dumanau, who incidentally got a very uh, good first round victory, but he brushed aside Dumanau. Dumanau, we've decided Dumanau. on Dumanau. Swatted him aside like a fly. 6-2-6-1 in yeah. an hour and nine minutes. Pesky Alex, who just got <laughs> belted out of sight by big Delpo, uh, who is just striding about the court with an air of confidence of a top five player right at the moment, as though I don't care who's in my way, you're you're on your way. And um, if he can stay fit, there is such an opening right now because, I mean, he's the, he's the guy who stopped Federer at the US Open. He, 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 a, could win, he could win big over the next few months. And you know what? It's all the more of an opening because lots of other people that that should be spying an opening are are managing to, to miss the open goals quite spectacularly. Alex Verev lost overnight to Zhao Souza. Luca Puy lost to Yuki Bambri. Um, Grigor Dimitrov lost to Fernando Vidasco. I know that's a... a a horror of a, a first round draw, but nonetheless, Dimitrov losing to Fernando Vidasco. Kyle Edmund, um, his first match since reaching the semis in Australia in conditions which uh, I thought the Indian Wells conditions would really suit Kyle Edmund. You know, the bounce off the court, a bit like on clay, but fast through the air. He lost to Dudi Seller last night. Nick Kyrgios is, is out injured. So there are open goals being missed here by a lot of people but most definitely not by Juan Martín del Potro at the moment. Yeah, and and actually some of those losses are pretty poor losses. I mean, you mentioned Dimitrov against Vadasco. That that is a rough draw and and the conditions are almost the worst you could imagine for Dimitrov and the best perhaps for Vadasco with that high bouncing ball. I think with Edmund first match he's played since the Australian Open semis, he he said afterwards that he wasn't expecting much for himself. Maybe that's a defence mechanism, but Greg Rozeski pointed out that, that he, he can understand that uh, as somebody trying to get going again. And, I mean, Seller played a very good match. Zverev, I mean, Joao Sousa is a good, solid player, a bit sort of Andreas Seppi-like almost, but that's a poor loss. It really is. It's not a match he should be losing. And I don't know, I just feel like... Delpo is is the man to watch right now, and what a great story that would be if, oh. if he came charging through the draws. Yeah, there'd be no more 
popular a charge with the I mean other than that of Roger Federer which, which uh yeah the the popularity of of seeing Roger Federer win but it, I mean but equally I don't think anyone wants him to see him being handed the trophy in round two you know well, no, no, it's no one wants boring, to see a procession really, yeah yeah it's just uh have you seen the video of him um uh give it uh, looking at all the the kids artwork you know yet last year he did the that press conference with the kids and he showed them how to do press ups and it was all just so delightful um well this year he's been complimenting young local children on their artwork david yeah how delightful how delightful indeed should we talk about some young people talking to kids let's talk about kids (laughs) <laughs> right okay great the 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 segue I you didn't want to see that opportunity of a segue pass by so you thought I'll just throw it in anyway yeah uh yeah a lot of kids doing well and when I say kids I really mean kids 16 year old Amanda Animasova um from the state she's into round three she just beat Petra Kvitova in well, straight and not sets. just her. I mean, and you ending look at her, her fourteen-match winning streak. She won three matches in a row: Pauline Parmentier, and then she beat Anastasia Pavlichenkova six-four-six-one. Then she's gone and beaten Petra Kvitova six-two-six-four. Um, I think it was. And and the thing is, I know I think Kvitova had a marathon the, the previous match, so maybe she was a bit low on resource. But but I watched the highlights of that that match before we started recording because I've not had a chance to see Animasova play much and I'm you know, I'm just curious was this was this Petra Kvitova just missing? Well in the highlights that I saw no it wasn't because she was taking it to Animasova in some of these rallies and this young player 16 years of age she is strong she is broad-shouldered she stood on the baseline and she refused to be bullied and the timing the young woman has the and, and the backhand that it feels like she could do anything she likes with the backhand it can go either direction it can go just with power on the rise she can play it from a defensive position and still hit through it i mean what a talent this this woman is she i think she won the um the us open juniors last year and in in the they have a challenger event that just started in indian wells the week before this or, or a 125000 tournament and she beat naomi brody 6161 she beat nicole gibbs 646 love these are players that have been on the tour for quite a long time and and gibbs said after that that loss you know this woman's the real deal and I, mean, I say woman. I mean she's she's a girl. She's sixteen, and I I don't know. I mean it's it's very easy to see highlights packages on YouTube. I mean any time my my rubbish football team goes and signs a player, I go and look up this little show reel of two minutes showing the best results or the best score goals he scored over the last ten years, and I'm convinced myself that I've got the the new Leo Messi on my hands. But <laughs> but but still, I mean if you watch this young woman play she will take your breath away because there's so much there how does she compare to you david and to some of the other significantly older it has to be said um breakthrough uh youngsters at this event you've got sophia zhuk russian 18 year old she got her first wta main draw when she defeated elise corne in the first round marketa von drusheva uh, took out Madison Brengel and then uh, Johanna Konta, whose woeful run 
uh, continues. She's, uh, you know, in terms of her her comments on that run, she's determined that overall she feels good and the, she's working in the right direction. It's just that the the results aren't reflecting it. But certainly in terms of results, um, there's starting to be cause for alarm for for Joe Conta. Um, Arena Sabalenka, it feels like she's been around for a little while, but she's still um, only 19. She beats Svetlana's Netsova. Uh, we've got Caroline Dolhide. Uh, she beat uh, the 30th seed Dominika Sibulkova. And again, Cece Bellis feels like she's been around for ages as well. Um, but she absolutely crushed Sara Sarubes-Tormu, uh, six love, six three. She's still only 18. CC yeah. Bellis still only eighteen. That's quite surprising, isn't it? When you when you see her, that she because she's been around for such a long time, it feels like she's been and she, she got a got, played U.S. Open when she was fifteen. Yeah, and she's very composed and polished, isn't she? A bit beyond her years because she was a junior, a world number one, and there's been a lot of attention on her for a long time. So she's she's pretty well oiled in the whole sort of tennis machine. So her poise sort of suggests a. a, a years beyond what she actually has yeah well i mean first of all animasova we're going to be seeing her again against carolina pliskova so it doesn't get any easier that's her next match um sophia juk is an interesting one 18 years of age she um idolizes caroline wozniacki and she's a she's a completely sort of floridian russian she she lives in in florida has the the american accent and spend a lot of time at the img academy it's taken her a while she had a great junior career and then it's taken her a, a little while to start making results it seems on the main tour and we, this is this is so often the case that the, the the transition she's not built like Anna Masova who's so strong and Juk well we'll have to wait and see but I mean she managed to beat Magdalena Rabarakova in round two and she needed 12 match points to do it imagine having 12 match points when you're 18 and, and finally getting over the line against somebody who's reached the uh, the Wimbledon semis last year so I mean, she won Wimbledon Juniors in 2015, did Juk? That's, you know, three years ago. So the, the transition is happening now. And, and here she is in round three of Indian Wells. Vondrasova is much more seasoned. She's only just outside the top 50 in the world. 18 years of age herself, the one who beat Conta. And she's the highest ranked or the youngest player in the world's top 100. That That, that was the stat. And she just seems to be a really composed accomplished player left-hander and it was noticeable when she played Conta that Michael Joyce Conta's coach came on after, uh, towards the end of the first set or at the end of the first set and said look stick in here because you're tougher than she is well I'll tell you what that did not bear itself out in that second set because Vondrasova won that second set as well and I, I just think that the, some of these players are really exciting. I mean, Sabalenka is, is the one who just has the massive power and and screams at the top of her voice when every with every shot. I mean, it's it's a tough watch. She, she's um, Who was it she played? She played Ash Barty, didn't she, at uh, the Australian Open? And that caused a bit of a stir with the locals there. I, I watched some video of Caroline Dolhide, who actually, after that win over Dominika Sibylkova, then played Simona Halep last night and actually won the first set 6-1 Dolhide and, and, and lost the second set on a tiebreak before going down in three. But a couple of things that were really noticeable. One is that she has huge power. Secondly, she she loves going to the net. She was hitting loads of volleys. She was hitting loads of slice to go with the two-handed backhand as well. And she also drilled a ball into the chest of, of, of Halep 
at point blank range. I mean, it, one of those that Have actually you, you probably stare. shouldn't do that. And and then, as you say, that the eyeballing of of Hallop thereafter was just, you know, that yeah, that, shiver that down was your spine, yeah. So um, these are these are exciting players. I mean, Animasova is the one that stands out because it. I mean, she's playing. She's playing a proper women adult game at the age of sixteen, and, and and at the top end as well. In terms of its, at least what I've seen in terms of its raw raw ability, um, she she's frighteningly good. There are some male uh, youngsters coming through in Indian Wells as well. Not quite to the same um, stark extent as on the women's side, but just worth a mention. Obviously, Alex Diminor, uh, Diminor sorry, he uh, got a victory over Janine Struff. Um, three He's a great in the watch, round. isn't he? I mean, he I is a great him. player. Yeah, he gets the crowd behind him. He conducts them like an orchestra without being precocious. Or, I mean, he still still looks obscenely young. Uh, just Diminor, he's he's 18 years old, but he looks about 12. Stefano Sitsipas, on the other hand, looks about 25 uh, <laughs> and is still only 19. Probably looks a bit older than 25, actually. Um, he got a victory over Radu Albot uh, in the first round. Lost out to Dominic Team uh, in a very close second rounder, though. Uh, team really having to dig deep to come through. He's a real deal, I think. Sitsipas. Lovely battle of single-handers that, that was to watch. Lovely battle of single-handers, yeah. Um, and also worth a mention, David, Felix Auger Aliassim. Tell me about um, him. He is Canadian. Uh, he's best mates with um, Denis Shapovalov. He is the first person ever born in the noughties to win an ATP level match. Uh, he got a victory over countryman Vasek Pospisil uh, in the first round. That was his first ever victory. Lost out to Milos Raonic uh, in uh, round two in straight sets. We'll talk about Raonic uh, a little bit in a moment. And he is, I mean, he's the animus over for me. He's the, the absolute standout of that crop because he's playing big boy tennis and he's that bit younger. Um, he has a great head on his shoulders. I remember seeing him as a 15-year-old, uh, only just turned 15, uh, at the French Open Juniors um, two or three years ago. Um and he had a whole lot of press in his press conferences. Obviously, all the Canadian press were there. All the French press were in there as well because uh, he speaks French. And he's just got something about him. And I remember he was he was crawling with agents, desperate to sign him. And, and uh, he was wanting to, to hold off from that for a while. The parents didn't want to go down that road too early. I'm, surely, I'm sure uh, he has an agent and with all the bells and whistles now. But certainly, I think there's a lot to be said for that because you see kids being signed up at sort of 12 and 13 these days and then sinking without trace you know they're promised the world and and you know they're never seen again so I, th I think there is something to be said for that um and he's got he's got margin for error in his game he can apply a good amount of spin to it he's got this beefy beefy forehand good backhand certainly the backhand is no weakness at all he it's it's big boy tennis, um, and he is seventeen years old. Seventeen, wow. yeah. Do, do you know? I, I I actually had a little chat with Denis Shapovalov at Queens last year about Felix, 
um, because we we were on our way to to a press conference uh, with Dennis, and I, I I said, tell me about this chap Felix, because because you're 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 like rooming with him, aren't you? Because I think he was sleeping on his floor at times and stuff like that, um, and because he said, you know, he's my best mate in tennis, and he, he, he said the gist of it was, if you think I'm good, you wait until you see this guy. Um, and, and yeah, I said, and that's well, what the Canadians have been saying for a while, isn't it? If, through the rise of Denis Shapovalov, they've been rubbing their hands together because they know they've got something even better waiting in the wings. And I, I said to him, what, what, what sort of player is he like? Cause, because I haven't seen him play. So who, whose style would you compare him to? And, and he said, probably Joe, Wilfred Songer. He's got that kind of game. And, His backhand's um, better, I would say, right. or has the potential to be technically better, mm. I would say. Um, I can't wait to watch him play. It's, oh, he's uh, a real deal. He's a lovely kid. He's one of, He fits into that category of has sort of immense charisma without being um, showy somehow. He's manages to to show off without showing off. You see what I mean? Um, probably don't see what I mean. Um, but yeah, he is He is going to be big. I can see why the Canadians are all very smug about Auger Aliassime. Splendid. Um, can I mention he, a British player? You, yeah, if you want. Yeah. Uh, can it's I... not, not on my agenda. Well, I, I'm going to mention Gabby Taylor, who's uh, just won her third, I think it's third ITF event of the year. Um, I think she's just into her twenties, so we're not talking prodigy the way we are with with some of these other players. But um, she's she's got herself inside the top two hundred now, and uh, and I think she's just got to a career high of number one hundred and seventy two. Um, so you know, who, who knows? Maybe she's going to be somebody who uh, gets into the the sort of conversation. What is she? Let's see. She's just Great. turned twenty. There you go. You consider her mentioned. David, uh, now you've you've completely interrupted the flow of my lovely segue there. Um, this Sorry. is what happens when we record remotely. I can't give you the look which says shush. Um, I can kind of feel the look. Goran Ivanovic has scored himself a uh, a coaching trial. David, hey, who is it? <laughs> uh, it's Milos Raonic. It seems to be going quite well so far. He's had an awful year. Um, Milos Raonic really struggling for for any kind of form at all. Um, but he got a victory over um, Auger Eliassime uh, in Indian Wells and a pretty convincing one. Um, and I've seen some footage of them on the practice court together. It is, we always say this, it is almost impossible to read anything into practice court footage, I think. Um, they were doing a lot of work on the serve, um, which in principle I find it interesting that, you know, Raonic is... He's not just gone, look, my serve's good, that's sorted. Can we work on the other bits of my game, please? Um, he's he's open to, to hearing improvements that he could potentially make on the serve. And um, yeah, I've no doubt Goran will try and make him more attacking and, and come to the net more, which is something, strangely, that Carlos Moya brought to his game, wasn't it? Mm, that he, yeah, he started right. serving volleying more under under the tutelage of baseline Carlos Moya, um, and and had that's when he was at his best, wasn't probably it? That, his best results. Yeah, yeah that, that Australian that Open, Australian and... Open when he suffered the the hip injury against uh, Andy Murray. Who knows what would have happened if uh, that hadn't happened? Yeah. So um, look, it's very very early days, and Roundich is in in quite a wilderness. You know, largely due to to injury set setbacks, but he's definitely had a, a confidence hit um, as well. But um, I'm pleased for Goran that he's back on the merry-go-round. 
and uh, on, I hope on. it. I hope it works out. It's an interesting marriage of personalities. That one, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily jump out to me as a, a great fit. But then I'm not sure Goran and Burdick meshes personality wise and they made it work for did they for a good amount of time well i mean it wasn't a flash in the pan it didn't exactly work though did it nine months or so they obviously didn't didn't hate work no look at his results i'm talking personality wise david they obviously didn't hate one another no you've got to spend you know yeah but 14 hours a day with these with these Surely you judge often. it on You've the results, like though, don't you? I mean, I, I would use Chilich. I was a making comparison. a separate point about their personalities, David. No, I understand very but, clearly. But anyway, Chilich is a better comparison, I would think, because they've got different personalities, and not only did they get on, they also had results. And and also, I don't think John McEnroe and Milos Raonic is exactly the most obvious combination, and yet they got on well. No, but they had mutual ground, didn't they? They were both into art. They talked about art. I mean, Goran might be into art and has hid it very well, but I've never heard him mention art. Anyway, <laughs> maybe he's a dark horse. <laughs> a, Keeps yeah. it under his hat. Yeah, <laughs> still waters run deep. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right.
couple of other bits and bobs to mention very quickly, David, before we wrap things up um, on that bombshell. Uh, the million dollar doubles incentive uh, at Indian Wells it was announced um, over a week ago now or around about, I think it was announced sort of very shortly after we recorded our last pod. Uh, they've uh, announced that they will offer or give one million extra dollars to anybody that wins the singles and doubles titles simultaneously at Indian Wells, either on the men's or the women's side, um, which is a pretty big deal, really, for someone to be showing investment like that in doubles. I'm sure it's caused a lot of consternation or a lot of division of opinion among doubles. I'm sure a lot of doubles players think, look, great, someone investing in doubles and, and wanting to bring attention to it and, and, uh, and all of that is a good thing. I'm sure a lot of doubles players also think, hang on a second we toil away on the doubles tour all year round and these singles players are having dollar signs dangled in front of their eyes so they can just muscle in and crash our party too bad really i'd have thought um (laughs) i mean but bottom line is i i if you've got deep enough pockets what a great idea and and larry ellison has very deep pockets and they're they're an innovative tournament i think what a brilliant idea of a way to to try to incentivize without without just giving the money away you know i.e. just sticking it into the prize fund of 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 people no matter what if if nobody does it it doesn't get paid but if somebody delivers then absolutely it's it's a, a worthy paycheck isn't it if you you actually make it work and win both tournaments what an amazing achievement that would be absolutely Um, i agree i think it's brilliant uh, objectively brilliant but uh, equally i can understand how some doubles players might feel just a little aggrieved i would love it i I would love it if there was a way to make what is the the regular doubles circuit sing the way it does in in indian wells and, this and, might be the way money I, david well ma- turns maybe, out money is the way maybe it is Who'd have thought it why is it why is it that a game that is so cool as doubles both to watch and to play why does it not work on a grander scale why does it have to fight for so uneffectively for, for airtime all the time why do we just turn a blind eye to it why doesn't it get included in the news reports and i'm as guilty as anybody why don't we include it more in the tennis yeah, podcast I, I don't understand why it doesn't i work. know and and you know every time i i fight for uh, for equality in the women's game there's always somebody that says hang on a second what about what about doubles tennis and and, and what about um uh, uh wheelchair tennis and and they're right you know they're right uh, and my my sort of slightly pathetic answer is quite often well you know one battle at a time but in principle yes absolutely um so yeah i think it's great um you as you say you need to have deep pockets but if you've got deep pockets and you can brilliant absolutely brilliant good use of money mm. uh, very quickly um late addition to the agenda dropped into my inbox this morning i'm sure it did into yours as well uh, we talked last week david uh, about andy murray tentatively saying that his uh, training was going well and mike dixon reporting uh, that he might want to dip his toe into the challenger pond before testing himself at the highest level and we were talking about what challenges might be available to him well there are now two new challenges available to him one in glasgow 
uh, from April 28th to May the 6th and one, David, at Loughborough University from May the 19th till the 27th. Both tournaments to be staged on indoor hard courts, uh, 32 singles main draw. You'd have to think that the timing of this is not accidental. I'm sure they were vaguely in the offing before all you know it takes longer than a couple of weeks to to throw a tournament together i'm not suggesting it's all andy murray related um but the timing can't be coincidental and provided andy murray's uh comeback and training does continue on its current trajectory it seems logical that there'd be a decent chance of seeing andy murray at one if not both of these two let's just say i reckon ticket sales will go well for these events what do you reckon well i certainly think that you know if if he is fully fit then it gives him an option doesn't it um which is which is all he would all anybody would want him to be able to have do you, do you think the loughborough tournament uh will offer wild cards to alumni oh yeah i hope so <laughs> i'm ready i tell you um <laughs> although throwing your hat in the ring having said which um given the fact that your your wonderful brother did send a video <laughs> late last night which i have refused to let ever. go out it's my uh, favorite video i, I will describe it it is it is a point in fact there are a few points from the one and only match that catherine There's and i have all played against each other all right sent you. well we're not we're not using it low i will describe reel. i will describe the um the highlights of the low lights uh, for you here now uh, one of which is a serve from me that bounces before the net in my own service box which um which i tried quite unsuccessfully over the last 24 hours to convince you was an ace but your eyes were out um and i admit now that it did bounce my own side of the net and another one was a fluffed forehand after i'd very effectively opened up the court with another previous big forehand and the whole court was gaping catherine was just there to be dismissed with my forehand, and I uh, rolled it into the bottom. Yeah, and I, I bent was bent double with laughter. The best, you were. the best thing about that serve, it, 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 as uh, my brother and I were discussing, discussing last night, is that it was in absolutely no way, shape, or form a mishit. You hit it. You made Sweet. a glorious connection with the ball. It was you, <laughs> you hit it like a dream. Uh, you just uh, drilled it into the ground about. 15 feet in yeah, front I, of you. I, it was I, amazing. I hadn't played for three years. So yeah, now yeah, that I've yeah. been playing every other week. Excuses. Tell you what it is, David. It is um, a very good, rather too good, uh, which is why it will never see the light of day, uh, advertisement for uh, the Lamanga Club, which we've both visited since that uh, dreadful uh, performance on both sides of the net. And we both think we have improved immeasurably um, largely courtesy of, of La Manga since uh, that day. Um, and they are now, uh, they are uh, a partner of the Tennis Podcast. We are brought to you in association with La Manga Club. And uh, if you um, are interested uh, in checking out La Manga Club, booking a holiday there, uh, we have an exclusive um, discount code for you as listeners to the Tennis Podcast. The code is T Podcast 18, capital T, capital P, T Podcast 18. And that gets you a 10% discount on accommodation on any trip, any dates, and also 10% off their current tennis promotion, of which there are two. They're sort of tennis holiday packages um, and the Manga Club 
dot com uh, is the place to go to check those out um, under the promotions tab. And as I think we've made the point pretty strongly and certainly this video, which you will never, ever see uh, for dignity based reasons, makes the point strongly as well. Uh, we recommend it very highly. Yeah, um, yeah, we do. Uh, and, but I tell you, we will be posting the videos once I get my revenge of my the Manga Club improved game, which uh, which which definitely is, um, it's 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 definitely improved massively. There was so, only one way you know. to go. There is one more thing we haven't spoken about. No, there's not, Dave. We've run out of time. We have genuinely run out of time. No, we haven't. We I've have got to tell you this: the tennis podcast. What? What? What is it? Marie Sharapova. Marie Sharapova and Sven Grunewald. Oh, yes. Sorry, I thought it was going to be a pole vault. Sorry. Oh, well, we haven't done those either yet. Quickly. No, not Uh, got time. Sharapova, Grunewald. This is worthy of our time. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, it's that, not that, good, you know, is it? She lost out to Naomi Osaka um, in the first round. In, who's improving um, who, massively? Who by the way. we don't even put on the youngster list um, anymore because she's just. Um, I mean, she's young, but she's, she's come just, of age though, she's hasn't come she? Of age, recently, it's happened. Um, and yeah, she, I mean, you, everyone knows how much we love her. We're not alone in loving it. It's, it's a Naomi Osaka loving on Twitter, isn't isn't it? Every time she does a press conference, it's it's posted, and and it's wonderful to see the results backing it up. But it's difficult to know how big a win that is, isn't it? You know, she celebrated hugely, but how big a win is it to be, beat Maria Sharapova now? I, she got that first round. Brilliant win over Simona Halep in the US Open. And yes, she went on to reach the fourth fourth round. But really, what 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 high notes has she hit since her comeback? Apart well, she from keeps that. getting injured, and and that's obviously a big problem. Um, and now her form seems to have deserted. She her wasn't too, injured. And... The injury wasn't a factor here, though. Well. Maybe it was, but it's certainly, you know, well, I, she, I couldn't She hasn't it. said that it, it was. No, but look, the, the bottom line is she lost. And the fact that she's dispensed with the, the services of Sven Grunewald, who has been by her side for years and stayed by her side throughout the whole layoff uh, for, for the drugs mm. ban, you know, suggests that she really has lost confidence in him or, or it just wasn't working or she needs something quite significant on top of what he was giving in order to, to, to get back to where she wants to be. I, I, I was really, a, a number of people were saying that, that they weren't surprised. I have to say I'm very surprised. I was surprised, yeah. It's it's going to be very interesting to see what she does now, who who she works with, who who's available to, to her to, to work with. She might choose to fly solo. I don't know, but these are, these are slightly tough times now for for Maria Sharapova, I think it's crunch time for her for her comeback. Um, Osaka, incidentally, uh, went on to beat Radvanska in the second round. It's pretty convincingly as well. So big times, big times for Naomi Osaka, I would say. Yeah, coached now by Sasha Bashin, who's got his first player to properly coach, or Sasha Bayin, isn't it? Um, and uh, he, he's obviously been a hitting partner for, for Wozniacki, for Serena Williams, for Victoria Azarenka. I think he's always felt that he's better than that. I interviewed him in, uh, in Singapore last year, found him really impressive, the way he spoke about the game and, and the shape he keeps himself in, the way he hits with the player all the time. And I just feel that th- this guy has got a lot to offer and, he, and he's proving it now. Yeah, shades of um, Danny Velvedu, aren't there? He yeah, went from yeah. sort of assistant coach slash hitting partner to um, to 
main coach and now to well let's not get into Grigor Dimitrov we have been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the Telegraph and with Eurosport and of course with Menly Bowes tennisballs.com and Triple S our executive producers and with Charlie the Ferret and we will be back next week 